वी आर डूइंग श्रीमद भागवतम कैंटो ट्वेल्व चैप्टर सिक्स यस्टरडे वी वर डूइंग महाराज परीक्षित पासिज अवे नाउ वी हैड ऑलरेडी कम टू अ पॉइंट वेयर महाराज परीक्षित हैज पास्ट अवे एंड सुखदेव गोस्वामी हैज लेफ्ट फॉर द आश्रमा सुत गोस्वामी वॉज आस्ट सर्टन क्वेश्चन द क्वेश्चन दैट वर आस्ट टू सुत गोस्वामी हु इज रिस्पॉन्डिंग टू हिज फेलो rishis how this entire creation came about so we had come to a point where the omkara came up in the heart of brahma ji now what happens after that we are doing shrimad bhagavatam canto 12 chapter 6 maharaj parikshit passes away we are on verse 42 omkara exhibited the three original sounds of the alphabet a u and m and these three o most eminent descendants of bhrigu sustain all the different threefolds aspect of material existence including the three modes of nature the names of rig yajur and samved the goal known as bhur bhuvar swar and planetary systems and the three functional platforms of waking sleep and deep sleep so in furtherance to the omkara which emanated from the heart of brahma ji these three represent multiple things they represent the three domains that is the heaven the earth and the nether worlds they represent the three kinds of consciousness sleep and deep sleep and there are various other things that it represents the three major vedas which is called rig yajur and samved now a u and m are the the beginning the middle and the end now this forms the basis of literally everything in the world we'll come to know about that from the omkara lord brahma created the sounds of the alphabet the vowels the consonants semivowel sibilants and others distinguished by such features as long and short men now from this om came the various vowels consonants and so on and so forth that means the entire alphabets came into existence now you see once the alphabets come into existence then the next things would be the words isn't it the grammar will come so on and so forth now you may say what exactly is this a u and m now this is nothing but the beginning the rising and the dropping of a wave the beginning of the wave where it starts at a m o and m the m is going in a longer duration that means so they started the alphabetical system now these alphabets are not just the alphabets the alphabets represent every alphabet represents a certain deity divinity in this entire universe it's just not words okay it's just not some kind of a sound now think about this the words that are there a a e e u u not the words i'm sorry the vowels that are there a a e e u u you know like that if you go up to aha so from a to aha are the vowels then vowels are the way in which we make the all right now then we come to ka kha ga gha sha now imagine from ka to ni now if i attach the vowel to it these are consonants if i attach the vowel to it then it makes sense think about it if i just say ka ka doesn't give us much understanding but ka represents the first deity or divinity in the universe as we call her lakshmi okay 
she goes by the name Kamla. Now, if I have to add one more, say K to A, that becomes a K Kamla, K to A, then it becomes Kamakshi, Kamini, various other. Now, what does this then Ku? If you keep on going till the end, you will find that every word, every every uh, letter along with a vowel creates a deity or a divinity. Alright. So, when a, a particular consonant add, to which a vowel is added, it creates a deity, a divinity. If I do not use these kind of letters, do you think I will be able to understand the deity or the divinity? Now, you may say, oh, I may not. But let me give you an idea about it. Imagine I have drawn a beautiful picture. Now, this is a picture which is depicting a, a woman or a man or whatever. I will ask the question, who is it? Can you tell me who is it? No idea. Till I actually name it. So, the moment I name it, then it has a value. So think, if there is a woman in an audience of thousands of women, can I identify her? No. If there is a man in an audience of thousands, can I identify that man? No. Till I actually call out the name of the person. The moment I call out the name of the person, then it becomes important. Otherwise, nobody knows. So the goddesses need to be called. Uh, this, yesterday there was a very funny incident. Now in South India, we have various ways of calling out women goddesses, you know, the, the female deities or divinities. Now, I was not aware of this. So, somewhere it was written Andal, A-N-D-A-L and somewhere else it was written A-M-B-A-L. Now that D and B are two separate things. The moment I put A-M-B-A-L, I believe it becomes the feminine potencies or the goddesses. So, everybody is concerned. But just imagine, instead of B, I write D and she becomes a specific deity or a divinity and she is connected to Vishnu. Whereas, the first one is a generic term. So, did you see if I just say change the B to D, it creates a big difference. First, I am addressing the general people around and the second one, I am addressing a specific person. So, did you see how one consonant can change the entire face of this, the divine? So, this has given you an idea how important the letters are. So, if I think in terms of the vowels or the consonants, then they really make a big difference. Alright. Now, in again, since I am in Tamil Nadu at the moment, the term, the a very, very funny letter, a very funny uh, consonant is used and that is called uh, uh. Now, in English, it is written with the word Z. Now, it becomes Z in English, but in South India, it becomes R. Also, I was saying Kani Moji or so it, it becomes Kani Mori. So, did you see that there are certain consonants which are silent, they have a different intonations. Now, this is what he means by saying semi-vowel, sibilance and others. So, there are so many things which goes into creating the word. So, when Brahmaji was creating this, 
we need this kind of a thing to actually identify every individual person, being, animal, bird or whatever. The all-powerful Brahma made use of this collection of sound to produce from his four faces the four Vedas, which appeared together with the sacred Omkara and the seven Vayatri on, on invocation. His intention was to propagate the process of Vedic sacrifice according to the different functions performed by the priests of each of the four Vedas. Brahma taught these Vedas to his son, who were great sages among the Brahmanas and experts in the art of Vedic recitation. They in turn took the role of Acharyas and imparted the Vedas to their own In this way, throughout the cycle of four ages, generations after generations of disciples, all firmly fixed in their spiritual vows, have received these Vedas by disciplic succession. At the end of each Dwapar Yuga, the Vedas are edited into separate divisions by eminent sages. So, now we have to come down from the vowels and the consonants to the letters. From the letters came the Vedas. And these Vedas are nothing but combination of words, letters into a sentence, into a poem. Now, this particular poem was then recited by Brahmaji to his sons. Okay. Now, what is the kind of memory we are? My computer says 2.88 GB. What is the kind of memory these sages are carrying? I think it was endless, you know. Today, if I ask you a question, what did I do yesterday? Uh, you know, our, our, our expression would be, uh, I don't. So, well, imagine, we have to remember, but we don't. Now, do you understand the trails and the travels of this particular yoga? We don't remember most of the things that have happened to us. But the sages in the past, when Brahmaji started with his sons, they remembered everything. Okay? Imagine their cash was absolutely clear. <laughs> there was nothing before that, no? So their cash was clear, their memories were clear, so they could store a lot of stuff. And that is the reason why you will find that when Brahmaji taught to his four sons, the four sons taught to the their own disciples, and then the disciples taught further and further and further, and we come to the third yoga. So, did you understand? This was taught by means of verbal communication. It was only voice. There was nothing written down. So, yesterday we visited one library. It was called Saraswati Library. Okay. Now, in that library, <coughs> there was a Maratha king who was very much interested in retaining all these Vedas and the Shastras that are there. So, he has created over 800,000 Ancient texts, he has kept them in some library. Now, this is a very interesting. We, we were not able to understand anything about <laughs> Everything was in papers and all those things. But still, they are 2000 and more years old. Think about it. There is an original manuscript of the one which was written by the guru of Shivaji, which is called Das Bodh. It is by Ramdas, Samartha Ramdas. I saw that. It was wonderful. I teach some people's uh, Das book. There were the Vedas. There were the various kinds of uh, other texts which were. And yes, I always use a name in the English dictionary which is Samuel Johnson. Samuel Johnson's first dictionary is also available over here. Samuel Johnson is the person who was responsible for touching those poles if you remember the story. Huh? And the lifting of the skirt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is, <laughs> that was a joke but still, he was, he wanted to see. And that is how he got it. 
So this is not the forum to give that joke out. But anyway, so I hope you understood. So this thing has to be retained by us. And we need to keep those beautiful books which are printed. Today we have printed books, but somebody has taken the pains of writing. And it was written on papers and various other uh, paraphernalia. So these Vedas came down from eminent sages. Observing that people in general were diminished in their lifespan, strength and intelligence by the influence of time. Great sages took inspiration from the personality of Godhead sitting within their hearts and systematically divided the Vedas. So the Vedas got divided, different, different. Uh, there are four Vedas which are already in existence. Then the Vedas were split down into chapters, verses and so on and so forth. O Brahmana, in the present age of the Vaivatsvata Manu, the leader of the universe led by Brahma and Shiva requested the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the protector of all the worlds, to save the principle of religion. O most fortunate Shonaka, the Almighty Lord, exhibiting a divine spark of portion of his plenary portions, then appeared in the womb of Satyavan as the son of Parashara. That is a Parasharmuni. In this form, named Krishna Dvaipayana Vyas, he divided the one Veda. In. So now we come to the point where Shiva and Brahmaji go to request Krishna and they say, You know, we have such fantastic knowledge. And the current Yuga people have very little understanding because their lifespan is so short 70 years, 80 years, and some places 100. Years. So it so happens that they need to know and understand. So can we break it down? So that they can understand better. Now today when people ask me why am I doing satsangs in English. Okay. Imagine if I were to come 100 years ago then I would not have done it in English. But today this is the language of the world. Everybody listens to it and they can understand it. So I have to do something which the world understands at this point in time. So suppose if I came 200 years ago or 500 years ago or 1000 years ago then I would have definitely given it out in another language, the one which people can understand. And those who know the Sai Satcharitra, do you know what language it was written in? It was written in Prakrit. It was not written in Marathi. No, it was written in Prakrit. Now, the original Sai Satcharit is in Prakrit. If you see the Marathi version of it, it's completely different. Now, you come to the English version of it, it's still more different. Because Indra Kher then translated it. Now, translations are losing the essence of it all. But the most important point is you need somebody to actually give an exposition on it. So, you might learn everything in Sanskrit. But the current yuga, the internet and the people across the world do not understand Sanskrit. So, what is the point? I am talking in Greek and Latin and nobody understands. Then there is going to be a problem, isn't it? So, it has to be done in English and if I have to do it in English or other languages like maybe French or what is the second language that is the most important, if I have to do it in that, maybe Chinese, well, there will be someone out there who will do the translation in Chinese. It is also possible. So, everything has to be adapted to today's day and age. It, we cannot do something which is done 100 years ago or even 50 years ago. The 50 years ago, the English language was a very funny language. You know, for us today, the F's and the, all those other words are very important. Every, every You see, all the serials that are there on Netflix and various others, these four-letter words are very common. And imagine, 10 years from now, if I am doing these kind of satsangs, I think they will carry all these words. 
when we went to publish a small book, uh, we had to go through it very minutely and remove all these kind of words. But well, today there is a book which which uses this word as the title of the book, and it has become a bestseller. Well, I have also bought it. I have not yet opened it, but I have yet to see. I still have to open it to see what exactly does it. It says not giving an f. <laughs> So imagine this is the language which changes, and people understand that particular lingo only. And there are some fanatics who will say, "No, no, we have to preserve the old language. Can't preserve anything today. You can try your level best." So yesterday, when the question was asked, they say, "Oh my God, there is so much of deterioration going on." Or yes, of course, the buildings are crumbling. Everything is coming. The manuscripts are disappearing. Everything is literally going to the dogs. So Guruji, what does it all mean? We should take care of your old. So I said, you know, ring in the new. I'm not propagating the old has to go. I'm only propagating that we have to accept the new, and we don't want to accept the new. we just want to be following the age old paths and traditions no it is not important we have to accommodate everything the old and the new as well because if i don't accept the new then i am not even required in this world at this point in time can you imagine there is a tribe which is which they found in the you know in the amazon jungles recently they were able to locate this tribe now if you get this tribe in today's day and age do you think they will understand anything nothing so it is important to adapt to the change human beings have to adapt to the changes that happen whether in clothing food living conditions language or anything for that matter we need to adapt that is the reason why the vedas were broken down into small small bits all right so this portion so what did krishna do when shiva and brahma visited him he said okay i will have to be born okay and now i have to give this knowledge to the world so he was born as vyas the entire bhag by him remember his son is the one who is reciting it to uh, the muni parikshit So all this, I am sure you know that Sri Lavyas Dev separated the mantras of the Rig, Atharva, Yajur, and Samaved into four divisions, just as one sorts out a mixed collection of jewels into piles. Does he compose four distinct Vedic literatures? Now here it, there is an example given. I want you to think whether this example applies to you. He says he divided these Vedas into four categories, that is, you know, Rig Ved, Samaved, and all that. And then he is given an example. of jewels can you imagine sorting jewels well there are human beings who don't even know what a jewel looks like all right people don't even know what a jewel looks like and here you are talking about sorting so is it adapting to today's day and age no it doesn't right if i were to tell you can we sort out with the sources that are available of course yeah 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 this is this sauce this is that sauce we will know the colors of the sauces better isn't it <laughs> all right the most powerful and the intelligent vyasdev called four of his disciples o brahman and entrusted to each of them one of these four some further to it so he called his disciples vyasdev had his own disciple so he called all of them and he said okay now you four guys you read all this you know different different stuff and remember it shila vyasdev then taught the first samhita the rigved to pela and give his collection to the baharvacha to the sage 
Vaishambayana, he sought the collection of Yajur Mantra named Nigada. He taught the Samved Mantra designated as Chandoga Samahita to Jaimini and he spoke the Atharva Ved to his dear disciple Sumantu. So, he divided it amongst four more disciples. After dividing his Samhita into two parts, the wise Payala showed to the Indra Pramati and Bhaskala. Bhaskala further divided his collection into four parts, O Bhargava, and instructed them to his disciple Bodhya, Yagnyavalkya, Parashara and Agnimitra. So, these are the names of all the rishis that, I mean, further, 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 it is going broken down because, you understand, they were not doing some mining at that time, okay. Okay, this is data mining <laughs> in a different way. I mean, those of all you guys over here who understand computers, they say, you know, how data mining is done or maybe cloud computing, okay. How much can you store on a cloud? Maybe there was no Amazon at that. <laughs> okay. So, then what happened? In the Pramiti, the self-control sage taught his Samhita to the learned sage Mandukya, whose disciple Devamitra later passed the divisions of the Rig Veda to Saubhari and others. The son of Mandukya and Sakyalya divided his own collection into five interesting one subdivisions such as Vatsya, Muggala, Salya, Gokhalya and Sishira. The sage Jatukarnya, also a disciple of Sakalya, and after dividing the Samhita, he received from Sakalya into three parts. He added a fourth section, a Vedic glossary. He taught one of his part, one of the parts to each of his four disciples, Balaka, Paila, that was the second Paila, Jabala and Viraja. Bhaskali then assembled the Valakhyala Samhita, a collection from all the branches of the Rig Veda. This collection was received by Valayani, Bhajya and Thus, these various Samhitas of the Rig Veda were maintained through disciplically Brahmanas. Simply by hearing of this distribution of the Vedic hymns, one will be freed from all sins. The disciples of Vaishampayana became authorities of the Atharva Ved. They were known as the Charakas because they executed strict vows to free their guru from the sin of killing a Brahmana. Once Yagnavalk, one of the uh, disciples of Vaishampayana said, O Master, how much benefit will be derived from the feeble endeavours of those weak disciples of yours? I will personally perform some outstanding penance. Addressed thus, the spiritual master Vaishampayana became angry and said, Go away from here. Enough of you, a disciple who insults the Brahmanas. Furthermore, you must immediately give back everything I have taught you. So, naturally, this was passed down from disciple to disciple to and every guru has specific number of disciples who were given specific knowledge. So, there were certain disciples who were given specific and they broke it down further and further and further. One question which was asked to me just a few days ago and that question was, can we write our stories? The one which uh, we are talking, Guruji, you are giving us some lessons and can we write the story and the teachings? The reason why it is important to do is so that it carries further and further. Now, is, as you can see, the kind of instructions which I am giving are not at all contrary to what is written in these Vedas and they are basic tenets, they are basic knowledge that is being passed around. So, if you recollect yesterday is one very important verse, have to be good to everybody, even if they are worse to us. Now, I am sure they can be carried further. So, we have to carry it further, that is the reason why I said you can please write it. Please write at your own, just write the way it is mentioned over here. 
So, it so happened then when Vaishampayana, this particular uh, Rishi, which is Vyasadeva, he had one disciple who said, you see, today's day and age, nobody is going to understand. What is the point in giving this kind of a knowledge to people? So, Vyasadeva said to him, this is not correct. Okay, what you are saying is not right. His you cannot make judgments on anybody or anything. So he says, please go away from here. You are insulting the Brahmanas. The Brahmanas are the people who are there who have certain kind of knowledge. We cannot insult them. Insulting them means telling them that they don't have knowledge. They have their knowledge by rote. They just can say, you know, blah, 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 blah. Just like a parrot, they can say it. Doesn't mean that they don't have any understanding or knowledge. They also have a certain kind of knowledge. So, Yagnavalka, the son of Devrata, then vomited the mantras of the Yajurveda and went away from there. The assembled disciples looked greedily upon these Yajur hymns, assumed the form of patrage and pricked them up. These divisions of the Yajurvedas therefore became known as the most beautiful Taitriya Samhita, the hymn collected by Patrick. Titar. You know, we call them the bird, the tiny birds which are they called Titar. Just think, I want you to visualize this. So, he vomited it out, all the verses. And there, all the Rishi Munis were waiting to grasp those verses. Now, why does a person do that? Do you ever, do you think, do you know why, why it is done? You see, just imagine you take some 20, uh, 10 rupee coins and throw it out and see what happens. How many people will come and pick them up? <laughs> there will be those who want to pick up 2, 3 and 4 also, right? And there will be some who, who may not even get one, but he is just trying his level best to reach it. So, in the same way, these yogis, they became tiny birds so that they can go and eat that portion of it. So, it became Taitriya, a kind of a, a Vedas, you know, it's basically a Taitriya Samahita. Samahita means a collection. Now, I'm sure you know the Taitriya Upanishad. <laughs> so, it became that. My dear Brahmana Shaunaka Yagnevalka. Then desired to find our new Yajur Mantra, no unknown to even his spiritual master. With this in mind, he offered attentive worship to the powerful Lord of the Sun. So there was a whore, one which is called the Yajur Ved. Do you remember when we started? We started with three only. By these three were the basic Vedas. Okay. Then the Yajur Ved was the last one, which was not known to anybody. It was not given out. So. Yagnevalkya then said, I want to know this Vedas which is not known to anybody. So, so he prayed to the Lord. Sri Yagnevalkya said, I offer my respectful obeisance to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, appearing as the Son. You, present as, you are present as the controller of the four kinds of living ending from Brahmas of grass. Just as the sky is present on inside and outside every living being, you exist both within the hearts of all the super souls and externally in the form of time. Just as the sky cannot be covered by the clouds present within it, you are never covered by any false material designation. By the flow of years, which are made up of tiny fragments of time called shanas, lavas and nimishas, you alone maintain the world, drying up the waters and giving them back. Krishna Alka is saying this prayer to inside of every human being. As the supreme divine consciousness, you are outside. As the spirit soul, you are inside. Right? So, he says that you are there externally as a time. And time is divided into three kinds of things, which is shana. Shana means a second. Then, like we have second, minutes and hours, in the same way, it is there. O glowing one, O powerful lord of the sun, you are the chief of all the demigods. I meditate with careful attention on your fiery globe. 
because of those who offer prayer to you three times daily according to the Vedic methods passed down through authorized disciplic succession. You burn away all the sinful activities, all consequent sufferings and even the original seed of desire. You are personally present at the indwelling lord of the hearts of all moving and non-moving beings who depend completely on your shelter. Indeed, you animate their material minds, senses and vital layers to act. The world has been seized and swallowed by the python of darkness in his horrible mouth and has become unconscious, as if dead. But mercifully glancing upon the sleeping people of the world, you raise them up with the gift of sight. Thus you are most magnanimous. As the three sacred junctures of each day, you engage the pious of the path of ultimate good, inducing them to perform religious duties that situated, situate them in their spiritual. So this is a continuation of the... Now finally, when he is talking about the three sacred junctures. Now, do you know what are the three sacred... If you divide 24 by 3, comes to 8, isn't it? So at 12 o'clock in the night to... 8 o'clock in the morning, that's the time when people are asleep. Then from 8 in the morning, take another 8 more hours, people are working. And after that, people go home and they wind up their activities. So these are the three different, you know, time zones which people use during the day. It's an 8 hour breakup. So that, this is exactly what he said. So now he said to the Lord, you are the one who is telling everybody to be pious and engage in ultimate good of man. The Lord always teaches good stuff and we are always supposed to use this good stuff and be good and induce religious duties. So when we are doing performing any duties in this world, they have to be religious, they have to be good, which induces religiosity. So when we are teaching people, we are always supposed to do the good, we are supposed to teach the good stuff and then the person will become better in the spiritual position. Spiritual position is actually a position where you can be become enlightened at a later point. So, just like an earthly queen, king, you travel about everywhere spreading fear among the unholy as the powerful lotus. Therefore, my lord, I am prayerfully approaching your lotus feet which are honored by the spiritual mind because I hope to receive from you the mantra of the Yajurved unknown Surya Dev. Surya Dev is also a form of the Krishna. Alright. Sutta Goswami said, Satisfied by such glorification, the powerful sun god assumed the form of a horse and presented to the sage Yajnavalka, Yajur Mantra, previously unknown in human society. From this countless number of mantras of the Yajur Ved, the powerful sage compiled 15 new branches of Vedic these became known as the Vaishyani Samhita because they were produced from the hairs of the horse Horses mean, and they were accepted in disciplic succession by the followers of Kanva, Madhyadina, and other Rishi. Jaimini Rishi, the authority of Samved, had a son named Sumantu, and the son of Sumantu was Satuan. The great sage Jaimini spoke to each of them at a different part of the Samved. Sukarma, another disciple of Jaimini, was a great scholar. He divided the three, the mighty tree of the Samved, into one thousand. Then O Brahmana. Three disciples of Sukarma, Hiranyanaba, the son of Kaushala, Koshyanji and Avantya, who were later advanced in spiritual realization, took charge of the Sam. Five other the 500 disciples of Poishyani and Avantya became known as the Northern Singers of the Samved, known as the Eastern Singers. Five other disciples of Poishyani, Lokantsi, Mangali, Kulia, Kushida and Kuksi, each received one. Krita, the disciple of Hiranyanaba, 
spoke 24 samhitas to his own disciples and by the remaining collection were passed down by the self avantya so this way all the literature which was spoken of by brahma ji to his four sons was then broken down broken down further smaller and smaller books imagine having the entire way to own it right so we have a tiny literature with us like just now imagine if I were to carry my 18 or 20 books, they are huge. I will have to have a trailer behind. So, it is not possible. So, now we have come to a point where all these things have been broken down. All the knowledge has been broken down into finer and finer and finer different different kinds of knowledge. Today, how many sections of this knowledge are there existing in this world? Do you know just you take a subject which was invented. I am saying invented. A few years ago, maybe a couple of uh, decades ago, called psychology. How many branches of psychology are there today? Many branches. Now, many years ago when I was, re I was learning science, it was called general science. From general science came physics, chemistry and so on. Now, I just take physics. Do you know how many branches of physics are there? I don't even know. Mathematics. I just knew general mathematics. Algebra, geometry, trigonometry, I don't know. Then, then what came? Maths has become like a huge, humongous kind of a subject. I don't even know. Your subject, painting. How many different kinds of painting are there? You can't even imagine. If I stand outside my door over here, there is somebody who has drawn a crayon. Okay. <laughs> that looks different. And I am in a town over here where it is very famous for a one kind of a painting. Alright? What is it called? Tanjore. It's called Tanjore paintings. So, now you know where I am. <laughs> okay. So, we have come to the end of chapter 6. Uh, there are chapter 7, which talks about the Puranic literatures. Now, I am sure, you know, they, I can just run. Right? So, I will start chapter 7. I have got just another 10 more minutes to go. So, I will do this. So, so, this is called chapter 7 from Canto 12, Srimad Bhagavad. The title is Puranic Literature. Sutta Goswami said, Sumantu Rushi, the authority of the Atharva Ved, taught his Samaheta to his disciple Kabanda, who in turn spoke it to Pathya and Ved Darsha. So, you will ask me why this new chapter. We have to. <laughs> Alright. So, Sukalyani, Brahmabali, Madosa, and Pipliani were disciples of Ved Darsha. Hear from me the names of the disciples of Pathya. My dear Brahmana, they are Komuda, Shaunaka, Jajali and all who knew the Atharva Veda very well. Babru and Saindya Dyavana, the disciple of Shaunaka, studied the two divisions of their spiritual master's compilation of the Atharva Veda. Saindya Vayana, disciple of Savarna and the disciple of other sages also studied the editions of the Atharva Veda. Naksatra Kalpa, Shanti Kalpa, Kashyapa, Angirasa and others among the Acharyas of the Atharva Ved. Now, O sage, listen as I name the authorities of the Puranic Taitrayani, Kashyapa, Savarani, Akratvana, Vaishampayana and Harita are the six masters of the Purana. Each of them studied one of the six anthologies of the Puranas from my father, Romaharshana, who are the disciples of Srila Vyasadev. I became the disciple of these six authorities and thoroughly learned all the presentations of the Puranic wisdom. Romaharshana, a disciple of Vedvyas, divided the Puranas into four basic compiles. The sage Kashyapa and I, along with Savarani and Akritvarna, a disciple of Rama, learned these four divisions. 
किंग्स the activities of such kings annihilation motivation and the supreme shelter other scholars say that these great puranas deal with the 10 topics while lesser puranas may deal with five uh, today we don't have kings and queens and various so these puranas have become pretty old for us to understand we will not be able to relate to the kings that are there you know were there in the i don't think we can even dream of what they were doing so since that yuga has gone away so we have to now see what is the best thing for us from the agitation of the original mode within the unmanifest nature material nature the mahatattva arises from the mahatattva come the element false ego which divides into three aspects this threefold false ego further manifests as a subtle form of perception as the senses and the gross sense objects the generation of all these is called the creation this we have already discussed in the tatvanyana again discuss it the secondary creation which exists by the mercy of the lord is the manifest amalgamation of the desires of the living entities just as seed produces additional seeds activities that produce material desires and the performer produces moving forms vritti means the process of sustenance by which the moving being lives upon the non moving for a human vritti specifically means acting for one's livelihood in a manner situated in the person such actions may be carried out either in the pursuit of selfish desires or in accordance with the law of god i think what is the meaning of the word vritti vritti is a basic tenet of a human kind you know everybody has a particular kind of expression a way in which they would want to do things isn't it so these are vritti now vritti is a process of sustenance so some of you are information technology people some of you are in storage some of you are in system in some other. are man, in marketing so many people are there so in accounts so there are various departments and divisions this world so every individual if you go and look deeper into your own psyche you will understand you are specifically meant for that particular job right now if i were to put you from one job to the other now you are a marketing person and i tell you go and do the job of a person like a, a systems person or something oh that is not my cup of tea i don't understand anything i only know marketing but if you tell a computer specialist you know come and market this he is not able to do it correct right it's the same thing now there are people who are working in companies like google and amazon and so on and, so on and tell them okay take this pen and sell it think they will be able to do no or tell them you know can you write down the account right it's very funny people don't understand what the other person is doing and they think that they know too much nobody knows anything anymore one person cannot have all the knowledge in the world no even if you are a ceo of a company you still need a cto of a company a technologies you need a marketing person you need uh, you know operations person i don't know how many ceo cmo c this c that i don't know finally everybody becomes a d you know what d stands for duffers donkeys all right nobody is an expert 
they can't go from D to E. Because once when you become a donkey or a duffer, after that days, you know, E. E is all knowledge. Anyway, coming back to this. So, vritti is that quality which is there in every individual. Quality. So, those qualities are important. And then, you do something with the world with that quality. So, you use those qualities that you have. Right? And you, you, you use it because you have to learn your, you earn your livelihood. So, I hope you understood that. In each age, the infallible Lord appears in this world among the animals, human beings, sages and demigods. By his activities in these incarnations, he protects the universe and kills the enemies of Vedic culture. So, it's an important thing which you should know. The Lord appears in all these four. The animals, human beings, sages and demigods. The Lord appears in all these four forms. Okay? So, he can come as a demigod, he can come as a sage, a saint, you know, or he can come as a human being, or he can come as an animal also. So, tomorrow you cannot say, you know, okay, dog, shoo, shoo. We can't do that. No, to a dog, because it might be God. Not D-O-G, but G-O-D. Who knows? Huh? So, we have to be very careful, right? So, he comes in the form. The Lord comes in this form so that he can propagate these kind of things further and destroy those people who are against the dharma. That is adharma. He has to come to reset the whole thing. You know, you do your reset also. In each reign of Manu, six type of personalities appear as the manifestation of Lord Hari, the ruling Manu, the chief demigod, the son of Manu, Indra, the great sage and the partial incarnations of the supreme personality of Godhead. Dynasties are lines of kings originating with Lord Brahma and extending continuously through past, present and future. The accounts of each such dynasties, especially of their most prominent members, constitute the subject of dynastic history. We have learned dynastic history, isn't it? Chola king, this king, that king did so many things. There are four types of cosmic inhalations, occasional, elemental, continuous and ultimate, all of which are effective by the inherent potency of the Supreme Lord. Learned scholars have designated this topic as dissolution. Now, there are different kinds of annihilation. I mean, you have seen some places like Mohenjo-daro. Mohenjo-daro got destroyed, isn't it? People have heard about Mohenjo-daro getting destroyed. You have heard of the Aztec civilization getting destroyed. How did that happen? Nobody knows. Maybe some comet came and hit it or maybe there were some floods. Dwapar Yuga, you remember? How the entire, you know, the island of Dwarka went underwater. It's the same thing which happened with Constantinople. Or what we call, and there was hanging gardens of Babylon. I don't even know where they are. Do you know? We can go there. <laughs> so, nobody knows where these places are today. Right? There are various other cities also which, which were suddenly disappeared like that. So, these, these are different kinds of annihilations that happen. And these annihilations happen because of the Divine Lord. And these cosmic annihilations are called occasional elemental, continuous and ultimate. So, this kind of annihilations do occur. We have to, alright, I think we have just a few verses to go. Out of ignorance, the living being performs material activities and thereby becomes in one sense the cause of creation, maintenance and destruction of the universe. Some authorities call the living beings a personality underlying the material creation, while others say he is the unmanifest self.
people themselves are you will find that today when we are talking about the hole in the sky you know ozone and stuff like that so we ourselves are also responsible for our own destruction right today when you want to have a specific kind of an idli it's not available so when we went to a particular town just just imagine you are going to a place called karaikudi you know karaikudi or something like that now karaikudi is famous for what chettinar cuisine there is no restaurant over there selling chettinar cuisine right not a single restaurant over there and we were all amazed and naturally what did we do we googled and we tried to find out and no google was giving us the right answer why because that thing doesn't exist chettinar kitchen is shifted to bangalore and mumbai and all those places so if you want to eat chettinar cuisine please go to mumbai chennai calcutta and all those places and maybe you can eat over there but in chettinar itself z e r o it's not there right so <laughs> this is what happens the supreme absolute truth is present throughout all the stages of awareness waking sleep and deep sleep although all the phenomena manifest by the illusory energy within the functions of the living entity he also exists separately from all these the situated in his own transcendence he is ultimate and unique shelter so god is there inside as well as outside inside he is there in a manifest form outside he is there in an unmanifest form god exists in both the places although a material object may assume various forms and names its essential ingredient is always present as the basis of existence just like water water is there in all forms you know like it's there in the form of steam also ice also but it is water similarly both conjointly and separately the separate absolute truth the supreme absolute truth is always present with the created material body throughout its phase of existence beginning with conception and in ending with death either automatically or because of one's regulated spiritual practice one's mind may stop functioning on the material platform of waking consciousness sleep and deep sleep then one understands the supreme soul and withdraws from material endeavor this is the stage that we are all supposed to go to for becoming an enlightened person where whether it is night day or any of those three eight into three you remember the eight is equal to twenty <laughs> in that day that thing doesn't exist to so go to for him night is day day is night it does not really matter either automatically or okay sages expert in ancient histories have declared that the puranas according to the various characters to eighteen the eighteen major puranas are the brahma puran padma puran vishnu vishnu shiva linga garuda narada भगवता अग्नि स्कंदा भविष्य ब्रह्म वैवर्त मार्कंडेय वामना वरह मत्स्य कूर्म एंड ब्रह्मांड पुराणा देर आर सो मेनी पुराणा देर आर एटीन पुराणा इन ऑल आई थर्ली डिस्क्राइब टू यूर ब्राह्मणा द एक्सपेंशन ऑफ द ब्रांचेस ऑफ द वेदास बाय द ग्रेट सेज व्यास देव हिज डिसाइपल्स एंड द डिसाइपल्स ऑफ हिज डिसाइपल्स वन हु लिसन्स टू दिस नरेशन विल इंक्रीज इन स्पिरिचुअल स्ट्रेंथ वी हैव कम टू द एंड ऑफ दिस द लास्ट वन we were distributing all this to different different people in this we have distributed the puranic literature all right so next time when we open we will open a new chapter so we have come to this end of chapter 7 from the last canto i'll take a leave